Welcome to Dopey, a podcast about drugs, addiction, and dumb shit. And I'm Dave. And by popular demand, we have brought back the most, possibly the most popular reoccurring Dopey guest. My You're only one. No, we have a lot of recurring Dopey guests. You know how many recurring? We have my dad. We have Nick Reiner. Okay. We have uh, Justin, Sam. Sam's only been on twice. Aurora. Aurora. Right. Okay. Fucking. Sorry, guys. Bob Forrest. There's a ton of reoccurring dopey guests. And well, who else? And I'm most popular. But the most popular and most beautiful and most difficult. I'm more beautiful than Bob Forrest. Yes. Is um is our is my beautiful partner Linda. So welcome back to the show. Congratulations thank and thank you for coming on and putting up with this. Now that thing you guys heard before we started was um. Back in the day, and I have this new plan with the show, which is that I'm going to explain stuff that people who don't necessarily listen to the show will understand. So uh, a guy named Chris started the show with me. Chris was my good friend from rehab. We did 142 episodes, and then he uh, relapsed, and he overdosed, and he died. And now um, we're kind of doing, I'm doing the show without him, but he's doing the show in spirit. And yeah. and Linda's doing the show today in, in body. But that thing was, um, back in the day, Chris and I had, it was actually my idea, but Chris and I had set up a dopey theme song contest of which we got a few entries, and that entry was actually Chris's favorite. Yeah, it reminds me of Tom Waits a little bit. Does it? Yeah. He, like, put the phone on his piano, and the piano's very out of tune. We just thought it was funny. I'm not even sure who sent it in. It's on YouTube. I just figured out how to convert Doesn't YouTube. Doesn't he say in it, go to meetings? He said, go to a meeting with Dopey. Recovery with Dopey, yeah. I like that. It's very beautiful. It's very catchy. It's a catchy little, little ditty. And, um... Obviously, we never did the Dopey theme song contest, but the winner of the Dopey theme song contest would have been not this guy, but my friend who doesn't want me to ever say his name on the show. He's the one who says uh, he would like to have sex with Chris. Ever hear that one? I didn't. That's what the song's about? Well, the song is about Dopey, but he says in the song (laughs) that uh, he says... What would the prize have been for the winner? I don't think there would have been a prize. I think the prize would have been that that would have been the theme song for a week or two or something. But the prize was participating and helping the show. And that prize is still out there. In fact, I'm thinking of relaunching the Dopey theme song contest. You should. So the doors are now open. Are you, are you officially starting it? Yeah, why don't you make the announcement? Um, the doors are now open for the Dopey theme song contest. Could you please slide the microphone so it's in front of your face? How's that? That's better. Um, the doors do, are open. I do think you should come up with what the prize will be. Well, what could what could Help the prize motivate. be? I mean, what I could the prize be? Like a dopey trophy, like that head, the nodding out head, and like gold on a on a trophy. We could maybe get a three D printer and do a foam dopey head. I think that would be really cool. Instead, the, the prize is going to be a hat and some stuff. And the head should actually like actively nod. Like a nodding out real, like put a battery in it. How well like do you think? Real th- nodding out head. How well do you think you know me? Do you think I can construct a dopey head that nods out? Well, how are you going to use a? Th- you have a three D printer. No, I was joking. I'm going to send them a. Ha- if you win the dopey theme song contest, you get a hat and some stickers. Okay. Well, there you go. There's the there's the prize. And there's new hats. You see the new hats? Look at the new hats. These are the new old hats. That's like a hat my dad wears. Describe it. My 75-year-old dad. Describe it. It looks like a hat that a 75-year-old man wears. You're not making it attractive to the audience. Describe it. I, I don't know how to describe that. 
It's a dopey head with the crossbones underneath, like it's the, the skull. And cross- the it's called a dad hat. Okay. And then the back says... Or a gra- it could be a grandpa No, hat. we want to sell the hats. <laughs> the back says what? Dopey Nation. And the new hat. What do you think about the new hat? I like that hat. Describe it. It's... Oops. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Please describe <laughs> the hat. It's the same grandpa style. It's a dad hat. But it's black. Yeah. I like the black more than the, like, tan. And it has the, the head. The dopey and, hat. And, and white. On the black, which and on, is cool. I like it. And on the back, it says? It says Dopey Nation. So we have those hats, and then we have one of these. Well, how would you, what do you call these hats? Isn't that like a skull cap? Hey, or? It's the one Artie was wearing in that, in that picture. Yes. Anyway, so we have hats. If They're you want nice. a hat. It's a great prize. It's a great prize. You can pick your prize. Send in a theme song. Make it less than a minute and 30 seconds. A minute would probably be the best. Yeah. So, Lynn, how are you? I'm good. You excited to be back on the show? I'm really excited. Now, there's a lot of exciting news, a lot of exciting news, and Linda has a whole social worker-esque dopey project that we're going to engage in today on the show. I but, was given a very limited amount of time for it, though, so well, everything is, get up and get to my part. Time is of the essence. The, the big news, there's really big news that tonight, it's the biggest news ever. You know, it's the biggest in news in, in the history of dopey, besides Chris dying it's the it's 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 the biggest uh, coverage of the show. You know, I hate to say that Chris dying is news, but that's obviously right. bigger news than this, right? Right? Um, or you know, and Todd dying, of course. But I don't want to get you guys depressed. The big news is what are you shaking your head about? <laughs> Do you think I'm depressing the audience? The big news is tonight. This American Life, Ira Glass's show, is doing a huge piece about Dopey. On NPR. On National Public Radio and also on the This America Life podcast. Right. This American Life yeah. podcast. Which has a, a bazillion listeners. Well, it has five million listeners. So the Dopey Nation might grow a little bit. So sorry, guys, if you guys are comfortable in your current state. It might, there might be some growth in the Dopey Nation, but there might be no growth in the right. Dopey Nation. Who knows? Could go either way. Could go either way. But it's very exciting news either way. I actually sat in the This American Life studio for seven hours to go over. It's a very professional piece. Hopefully. We haven't heard it. I mean, well, This American Life is is top notch. Yeah. And uh, actually, like, Linda's friend uh, asked me to help her. She wants to do a podcast, and she asked my advice on how to do a podcast. And when I mentioned the woman who helped, who made this piece for This American Life, she was like, oh, and her name is Dana Chivas. So if you guys know Dana Chivas's work, she's doing the dopey piece. She actually worked on Serial. So this is a big deal. Wow, yeah. Big deal. For the, for the history of dopey, t- t- today, tonight, you know, it's actually... What's today, actually? Today's actually Thursday. Isn't it Friday? Today is Thursday. Tomorrow is Friday. But if you're listening, it's today. And I would say, like, just about an hour ago, it was on in Chicago. Because I'll probably air this show at 9, and the This American Life piece will air in Chicago at 8. I know tomorrow in New York, Saturday afternoon at 1, it's going to be on WNYC. And it's going to be across the country. And then on Sunday, it's going to be released online as a podcast. Okay. Yeah, you want to let people know how they can find it. On thisamericanlife.com, I'm sure you can find right. it. And uh, and if you have a, whatever your NPR station. My wanted to have a listening party. Who? Jill. <laughs> <laughs> but you're going to, I said, I said, there's no way he can wait 
you know, till the next day to sit at a listening party. Like, he's going to want to listen to this the second. I would also love, I mean, that's where a Dopey Nation listening party could be something. Because it's like, to listen, you know, to listen with people who are actually invested in the show. You know, I wish I could sit with you and listen, but I'm going to get out of work and I'm just going to put on my headphones and listen. But I'll come home and I'll listen again because it's like, are you kidding me? This is very exciting. You listen to it over and over and over. I might. I might listen to it over and, and over. And then we'll go to the listening party. And then we'll go to the, li- and then we'll go to the listening party and listen to it again. Um, so... Something else happened, and, and we're not going to get to Linda's piece for a little while, so sit tight. <laughs> I should just leave for a while. And I need you. Okay. Something else happened that uh, it happened kind of at the same time that the This American Life thing was gaining its momentum. And um, I don't know. I wanted to use it. It's this guy. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. I love this so much. It's an email I got from this guy. He doesn't want me to say his name. He wants me uh, to call him Wooster. Um, like because uh, he's a Boston guy or, or yeah. Wooster. It's a it's like a section in Boston, Glaster, you know. Mm-hmm. And this guy, man, he fucking put in some serious work, and he um, he made this series called Dopey Chopped and Screwed, yeah. where he made eight episodes or ten episodes. Of dopey chopped and screwed, and I'm gonna play. I'm gonna play the second one because I love the second one. I should play the first one. Maybe I'll go back and play the first one, but I like the second one more than the first one. So I'm gonna start with the second one. If you guys want to hear the first one, uh, maybe I'll play it next week, or maybe I'll just refer you to his YouTube page. Yeah. But I'm gonna read his email because it's very beautiful. Uh, Dave, your podcast has had a huge impact on me over the last six months. For the sake of full disclosure, the few times I ever took opiates, it was for medical reasons, and I got so violently ill that I never had any interest in pursuing recreational use. I was always more of a pot and psychedelics person anyway. Funny enough, your podcast and your story in particular has played a critical role in helping end a 15-year run of smoking pot every day, all day, as I get ready for my first kid and prepare to hit the ground running as a father with a clear head um how's the chicken cutlet lynn um i wish i had caught on soon enough to catch the chris episodes wow see that's the other thing is that we're getting all these listeners who started listening after chris died which is why it's good that I explained who Chris was. It was so sad. I wish I had caught on soon enough to catch the Chris episodes as they happened, but unfortunately I found the podcast after his passing. I'm a start at episode one kind of guy, mm-hmm. just like you. Uh, so that's what I did right away. I'm like, what the fuck is up with these dudes? Their recordings sound like shit. There's a fucking fish tank bubbling in the background, sirens, doorbells, burping, <laughs> farting, and yet here I am 170 episodes later. Was so pumped about the show that I posted about Dopey on a fish message board thinking it would uh, be right up the collective drug band uh, experience. Um I'm sorry, it would be right up the collective drug band message board alley. And the fish message board is obviously P-H-I-S-H, not like the fish in the fish tank. Um, A couple posts 
And I read R.I.P. Chris, crushing, heartbreaking, somehow infuriating. It is a strange experience when you feel the sadness and grief over the loss of someone you don't actually know. And yet after listening to you guys shoot the shit for hours and hours, I felt like I didn't know you guys. Maybe I never met either of you, but you guys became my buddies in a way. You were there for my runs in the woods, my time out with my dog, my drives around town. You were there as I felt the relief of starting up the car to head home after a a long day at work. The rapport that you and Chris shared on air was so genuine. You guys had this hilarious love-hate relationship, but I could tell you both really cared about each other behind all the dopey stick. That's what Chris would call shtick. He would say stick to bother me. Uh, So many belly laughs as I listened to you absolutely tear into Chris for his various stupidities. And Chris would simply shrug it off as it seems he often did. As a gesture to let you know how much the show means to me, I've been working on a project for you and the Dopey Nation. I've made a series called The Chopped and Screwed Episodes. The idea was inspired by a line you dropped encouraging anyone in the Dopey Nation who could cut audio to make some sort of audio collage. And the title was inspired by a line Chris said about an episode. Well, ask and you shall receive. There are 10 episodes, blah, blah, blah. Some are a little longer than your sweet spot, but I think they fucking rock, and I think the Dopey Nation would like to hear them too. I agree. I think they're amazing. That's awesome. You know, I listened to them, and I, I, I fucking was sitting on the couch laughing. Yeah. I remember when you were listening to it, and you seemed like you were having the best time. Yeah. It's like, it's it's weird to have, you know, let me, let me finish this. Yeah. Um, Blah, blah, blah. I I uploaded them to YouTube because it seemed like a quick and easy thing uh, to get them to you. I purposely didn't label them with any dopey tags so you could get the first run and check them out. If that's no good, I can eat blah, blah, blah. This is all technical stuff. Um, I'm excited to see where you take the podcast from here. I know you have what it takes to keep this thing going, and I really hope you do. The show is so much more than a stupid broke-down podcast which is what I called it, your words, not mine. You are reaching people and changing lives. If anything, the losses documented on the podcast undeniably demonstrate how fucking horrible drug addiction is, how deadly these drugs are, and how important working hard at recovery is for everyone who is still trying to make it. The final episode hits on this. It's a long and it's a little heavy. It's very heavy, the last Chopped and Screwed episode. It's everybody who's, who's died that's been attached to Dopey and them on Dopey and then after they died. It's incredibly heavy. But beautiful. Um, but I think the final message is meaningful and represents the show's format of tempering the real dopey with a pinch of reality and seriousness. Anyways, I hope you enjoy the clips. I'll attach the dopey pictures I made in case you feel like using any. He made these great pictures that I love, too. Uh, I have a couple other things in the works for you, too. Keep an eye out. Stay strong, Dave. Toodles. There you go. Um, beautiful. So let's, let's, let's play. I'm just going to play episode one. Fuck it, right? I'm not going to play episode two. Play episode one. I mean... Play your maybe play your if it's your favorite maybe play your favorite. It's not. I like them all. I like them all, and it seems like your start mic is very ep- low. Start with episode one so everybody can kind of hear, and then I'm sure I'm sure the listeners are going to listen to this whole thing. Okay, I'm going to play episode one because it's episode one. If anybody out there in the Dopey Nation is good at like cutting up <laughs> <Anything>. audio, <laughs> uh, why don't you hit us up? We will hand over the Dopey archives to you, and we can you can create a little audio collage. What? You want to do something with those one-liners. So this is like a chopped and screwed episode. So we'll call it the chopped and screwed episode. <laughs>
This is our first episode of Dopey, the dumbass podcast about drugs. And I have to say this first. Chris is a total bottomed-out, junkie, alcoholic, drug fiend. Cokehead. Yes, cokehead, crystal meth shooter, vodka shooter, fucking phenobarbital thief. Eight years for a little phenobarbital? I am extremely lucky and grateful and well, that I'm in one piece and alive. That's like your shtick. You go to places where the average stay is 28 days and you stay six months. Yeah. So do they know that you're a horrible drug addict? I mean, everything's true you said, except I'm Catholic and I ate cheeseburgers instead of corn. But I'm a gentle person. Very gentle. Very gentle soul. Like a lamb. Yeah. Which is why he talks like a girl. Can I even say we are recovered? You're not recovered. There's no such thing. Let me tell you something. You are not recovered. (laughs) There might be such a thing as recovered, but you are not it. My name's Chris. That's great, Chris. And I'm recovered. No, you're not. <laughs> no, you're not. I'm restless, irritable, and discontent. And I'm fucking crazy. It's like, no wonder I'm fucking a weirdo. And if you hear the flick of a bick, that would be Dave uh, lighting up an analog. Analog? That's what they're calling them now. Who's they and what, why? Me and my pals. They call cigarettes analogs? Yeah, because this is digital. If this show is ever about recovery... You gotta get somebody else in this spot. I'm out. We just got an email that said I was an asshole. I also heard from everybody that I played it for that I interject too much. I like your interjections. You know what I say to y'all? Fuck you. I don't fucking care. <laughs> Why don't you suck a dick? Yeah. Love me. Please. How about you fucking douchebags listening? Are you upset that I interrupted Chris's story? I love the Dopey Nation, but come on now. Yeah. <laughs> they're not called the Dopey Nation because they're geniuses. I just don't think anybody's listening. The only people listening are your stupid minnows over there. How dare you? I'll tell you about Dave's fish tank, which is the stupidest thing I've ever seen. Just shut up. The fish don't really have anywhere to go. It seems like they don't have a life. You know, they just like pace in the waiting room of life. Just shut the fuck up, man. (laughs) Would you say you were any crazier than any other crackhead, dope shooting, coke shooting, phenobarbital thieving, alcoholic, fucking DMT shooting, school tie, suit and tie wearing (laughs) fucking gun? Chris, the psychedelic preppy. You're retarded. Listen, I am a slob, and I don't dress well, but I like a nice tie. I'm a sick fuck. Chris is a real alcoholic. Yes. So you're going to tell more alcohol stories? Alcohol is part of my story. It's annoying. Harry Potter is an alcoholic. That little kid from Hogwarts is a booze bag. This is a fucking podcast about drugs. It's not about alcohol. Okay, well... Yeah, I love Chris. He's a really good guy, but he has SMI. And they never know what that is. And I say, it's severe mental illness. <laughs> Chris definitely has mental illness. <laughs> you That's severe, see, though. You should... regular mental No, he... You have SMI. I have short-term memory loss. Um... What are we talking about? Um... Um... The... Uh... Fucking, um... Um... Um, I'm drawing a blank right now. So, um, what are we talking about? Um, what the fuck was I going to say? Um, um, uh, um, um, where was I? <laughs> I don't, I don't even know what we talked about five minutes ago. I, I literally, by the end of an episode, I can't remember what we talked about at the beginning of the episode. Oh, 
Jesus Christ. I'm, you, you're, I'm, you're, you're, yeah. you know, you remind me. You remind well, you know me you're like a goldfish. You remember the last eight no, minutes and you say, no, that's no, my reality. No, no, you're right. What do you do with your day? Chris doesn't even work. Have you ever estimated how much money your parents have spent on rehab? There's been some estimates. Ding dong. Daddy, I need some money to fix up my car. Okay, Chris, here's 50 grand. Get yourself a new satellite radio. Thanks, Pop. Can I get a sandwich? Sure, buddy. Here's a sandwich. Yes, my dad did finance the room. Oh, your parents paid for the hotel room? They assisted. Under the auspice of what? They assisted. Under the auspice of what? You said you needed a hotel for what? wanting their baby to be happy. I don't have anything, but I mean, I'm sucking on the family tit. That was pretty funny when you were ragging on me about my lifestyle. Why are you rocking back? What's wrong with you? He's like autistic. He's rocking back and forth. Hey, where are the drugs in this story? Okay, we have skiing, we have fucking shitting diapers, (laughs) apple jacks on the table, milky footsteps, there's no drugs. I need a drug story, man. I'm dying over here. (laughs) Anyway, thank you for listening to Dopey. The story about gay jerking <laughs> off in prep school <laughs> podcast. Dude, Chris, clap for the audience. Yes. Well, that's not clapping. He's uh, banging his fucking vape against the plastic table. This yeah, vape thing well, has got vape. you by the balls. Brother. When I come here, I know it's black coffee, dark chocolate, and vaping. Dopey Nation, stay strong. Stay strong, my brothers and sisters in Dopeyville. Yeah. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you enjoyed it more than Chris did. Mike, thank you for the email. I'll give you a few knocks with my vape. I don't want to do this vape knocking thing. It's going to sound like shit. All right. Write us an email and tell Chris to stop fucking banging the vape. Join us on the Facebook dumb shit. Fucking like our stupid fucking Instagram. Toodle. And then he plays Good So Bad, but I didn't play that because it's long. <laughs> I mean, it, it's like, it's it's an investment to listen to these things. They might be way too long for Dopey. It's a lot of work. This guy, who knows how long he spent doing this. Just even getting all of Chris's, um, um, from like hundreds of episodes. Well, that's that's the best part. Yeah, that was really funny. <laughs> um, but it's also like, it's incredibly sad, but it's also still, it's still very funny to me. It is. I found myself getting sad, but then laughing. So that's... It's the show. The show is a bittersweet show. Uh, I was talking to somebody about this. You know, and people might get bored listening to this. I just figured that the hardcore listeners would love this. Maybe I won't put any more on the show. Maybe I'll just direct you to the YouTube page. But they're amazing. And um, for me, it's like, you know, Chris and I were friends for a long time. But we weren't really that close until we started doing Dopey. Mm -hmm. So it's like, basically, it's like having a friend where you recorded... 70% 70% of your friendship. Right. You know, so it's like, for me, it's like, I remember those moments or I remember where they could have been. And like, it's just, it's very beautiful. And it's like, well, it's listening to a friendship develop in a lot of ways. Yeah. Grow together. I mean, that's, I think that's what's so powerful about it is we get to like witness that. Yeah. Yeah. And um, again, if it bored anybody, I'm sorry, but I really, really felt like I had to no, play it and, and, and play a tribute. And now let's jump, let's jump into the, we're going to call the segment social worker time <laughs> with <laughs> Linda. So this is, I find this, all right, that's a weird transition. Dun, 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 dun. It's social worker time. I hope Worcestershire makes a makes a chop. Worcester. Worcester makes a chop of my my appearances. You want you want a Linda a Linda, a Linda episode. A Linda chop. All right. Um. So I mean, basically, it, the the. 
the I, I did a post on Dopey Nation just asking for people to send um, their experiences with how to talk. Mainly, it was to start with how to talk to your child about um, addiction, which Dave and I are actively struggling with. But then also, you know, it stemmed beyond that to if you personally grew up with an addicted parent, and and so. Needless to say, I got tons and tons and tons of messages that are incredible, and I was getting very anxious because I want to like read all of them and talk about it. And Dave's like, "No, we're not. We're not doing all that." So, <laughs> you know, there's just so much, so much information and knowledge and poetic responses that I want to share. But well, the thing, the thing is, like, I. I, because of the This American Life piece, I wanted to do an episode with Linda because it's like, you know, it's a big deal. And I wanted to have an episode where it's like at home and it's real casual and comfortable. And Linda's like, well, what are we going to talk about? And I was like, we can talk about depression and seasonal disaffectation disorder. Do, do, do that you know? kind of stuff. And Linda's like, I want I you to just yell at me like you yelled at Chris. Linda's like, Linda's like, I don't want to do that. Um, and, um, and then, and she's like, I'm not going on the show and doing that. You don't even have to say seasonal disaffected disorder. What did I, I said seasonal disaffectation disorder or whatever. Yeah. And, um, and Linda was like, well, we could do it uh, about telling, you know, our uh, kids about addiction. And then it kind of struck me also because our daughter is asking a lot of questions right. now. She's asking. And then she's coming home now because she's turning nine in like two weeks. But she's coming home now from school a couple times this year with stories that her friends have been talking about their parents who have addiction issues. So clearly this is an age right around eight, seven, eight, where it's, it's a conversation that's, that's being had. So our daughter, what was this last week? She came, it was like, we're getting ready for school. And she came down and plopped on the couch and just said, you know, she said, uh, daddy, why, why were you not living with us for that period of time? And how come you stayed in the city? And why did I have to live with grandma and grandpa? And what? And all of a sudden, Dave and I are looking at each other like, what the hell? It really just came out of nowhere. And um, But didn't come out of nowhere for her. It was really clear that this was something she was thinking about. Well, it's her origin. She's she's wondering what the hell happened. Why weren't we together for, for the first five years? Why was life? I living? Why was I born in the city? Why was I living in an apartment in the city with mom and dad? Why Why then is so many of my ch- little baby childhood pictures being held by grandpa or, you know, playing in my parents' house, and um, which is pretty much where she lived for her first... Playing in your parents' my house. My parents' her house. Her parents, her, her grandparents. Pa- her grandparents' house. And then we moved, you know, when her and I moved into my apartment, it was just her and I. And then I, you know, did have a couple boyfriends during that time. So there's a, a lot of confusion, you know... I think she just accepted it for what it was for a long time, but now the questions are starting. So. And also, she had lots of time with me in Manhattan. You know, we had a little life in Manhattan. Right. Me and her. She'd go to Manhattan every other every week. And, yeah, you know. So she wanted to know, you know, what happened, and we weren't really prepared. And um, so I wasn't prepared because, like, I, I stopped doing heroin when she was. One, you know, I, I did heroin one time after she was one, um, but I did smoke pot for a long period of time when we were right. together. 
uh, when I was a father. You know what I mean? I was I, I visited Nora every week. Uh, she came to visit me every week after she was two, mm-hmm. and I, I became you know I started smoking weed again, and I got clean completely when she was five, and uh, and she didn't really see the difference between. You know where she, where I was at then, or where I was years right. ago. She had no clue what was going on for you. But now she's asking questions, and I've cultivated this amazing relationship with her. Then I, I don't. I'm scared of fucking right. up. You know, I don't want to tell her. Like, right? It's not that she she doesn't know that there was something going on with you. She just knows. It, her question was more about like geography. Right, like, well, why didn't I live here, and why did Daddy live away from us, and why? Well, why, why weren't why, why, we why? together? Why weren't we together? Well, what happened? And then there's also times lately where Dave goes to a meeting, and and you know, well, where's Daddy? And I'll say, well, Daddy's at a meeting. Well, what's what meeting? Well, what is what do they do at the meeting? What's the meeting for? So like, it's just getting crazy all of a sudden with the questions, and um, and you know, to be fair, dopey. You know, Dave isn't the best at being discreet, as we know. So there's like dopey stickers around the house. And, you know, so she's like, she knows daddy does a podcast called Dopey because at this point, like, it's impossible. It's too, it's too much. It's so big that like. It's it's, not so big. It's, it's very big in our world. Well, in your world, I try to because I, I have to record interviews at night. I have to. She's asked me before. She'll pick up a dopey sticker with that freaking head on it. And I like a chopped off head. That's like creepy. And she's like, what is this about? And I'm like, ask your father. Like, I don't even know what to do with all of this information. So we need to start to kind of get our shit together. And um, I hate that she's going to listen to Dopey. So, well, I hope she doesn't. I don't think we're going to talk too much about that piece. Um, So anyway, I got different feedback you know, the, okay, so the general theme I got from the listeners and from people I've been talking to is the worst thing that you can do is do nothing, is to say nothing. Um, so I we mean, we did answer, though. What did you tell her? What did we say about the meetings when she asked? You know what? I said, I said it, it kind of, I guess, is a good segue to the conversation we'll have to have. As I said, Daddy goes to these meetings. Because he's sick. Um, no. That's what you said. I said, Daddy goes to these meetings because it helps him feel better. And, it's, and at one point it was good because his meeting was at a church, this, like, this church that we had actually gone to one or two times. And I said, well, Daddy, I said, then it didn't feel like this was true. I said, Daddy is at church. But Daddy's Jewish. It was just very. Confusing. But I was at church. It's very confusing. I say it's a lot like church. That's I something I spir- said. I said it's a place where Daddy goes, and it's spiritual, and it goes to help him feel better, and it, you know, helps keep him, you know, making good decisions. But that's all true. You know. That's all true. Right, but then how come Mommy isn't? Because you don't need spirituality, and you don't need Mommy's a, perfect. You don't need help. I, was making, what I said. You don't need help making good decisions. So anyway. Um, you know, so obviously, like the age is is a piece. You know, what is the age that you know? A lot of people were saying, you know, they're not sure what the age, right age is to even start the conversation. I love what Mike. I wrote a couple things down. Mike said, "You can say it's the Cookie Monster, but sad." That's that was my favorite. Well, there, there's a lot of like weird addicted characters in in, in cartoons. Right. You have Scooby Doo, Scooby. Homer is a total addict, yeah. and Homer's an alcoholic. Right. You know, like I've been watching The Simpsons with Nora, and I haven't, I haven't showed her like the alcohol 
like episodes because she doesn't understand that. I didn't want to start talking about this until she was like 14. Right. You know, when like people were probably kids will be drinking when she's 14. She's still, you know, got one foot in being a little kid. But that's why I thought the cookie monster, but sad was like actually like brilliant that if you have to kind of whatever, I don't even want, I still don't want to even talk about it with her. So a couple of the different things people shared and, and one of them, who I've kind of jotted it down. Well, I think it's also impressive. Linda posted this on the Dopey Nation Facebook page, and everybody, like so many people responded. Well, this, is, this affects every single person. Because people even wrote about how they would, how they talk to their own parents about their own addiction. You know, how do you explain addiction? Mainly, and with the larger philosophical conversation, that could be fun to have at another time. It's just, how do you just even explain, what's the language different people have chosen to use to explain addiction? And it's so crazy the different answers people have and it's really so let's hear some no but well so but just natalie mentioned uh, that they told her and her husband told her six-year-old that drugs are poison and can be fun at first and the problem is that not everyone can stop and it leads to bad things and it's interesting that two of my daughter's friends parents also chose to go like the poison route um, where other people have chosen to go, you know, the sick route, saying they're sick, they're sick. So we initially tried that with our daughter, and she goes, "Well, what's, what's wrong, wrong with, with that? You? What's wrong with him? Well, what, what do you have? Well, what is that? So, like, the sick one kind of didn't work for us. So then I and Dr. Drew, well, correct, I went on corrected me on the. I went Drew on show. on Dr. Drew's show, and uh, that guy. Uh, What's his face? Mike Catherwood uh, was on the show, and he had a kid, and he was talking about how he told his kid. And we had just had this conversation with like our the kid. the date literally that morning. That morning. So I was like, well, what should I say? And what did, what did so the all-knowing I, Dr. Drew say? Well, what I said in the morning when we were this conversation was sprung on us is I said— Daddy's uh, very sick. No. I said... Daddy's mentally ill. I said, well, Daddy... What, I'm trying to remember what I said. I said, well, Daddy needed to stay in the city to get... Um, because he had... Um, something wrong he had with his something, brain. He had, he, no, I didn't say brain. I said, Daddy uh, had some things going on with himself that he needed to work on that was keeping him from being able to be a good daddy. And so we thought it was better for him to stay in the city and for us to come here and live with Grandma and Grandpa while Daddy got himself better... And she, well, what was wrong with him? I mean, every everything we said was like quick fire response. And so I went the road, which was two over her head, according to Dr. Drew. I said, well, Daddy had some mental health issues. And I said, you know how Mommy's a therapist, and I help people who have mental. So I agree with Drew. He said that we, Dr. Drew, Dr. Drew, we should have. He says if you're going to go that route to say something was wrong with his brain, which felt extreme to me but to say there was something with his brain that you know something was up and then I guess you would take that into the addiction conversation so we have to revisit all of this it's very it's still very like so what I mean so what else did the dopamination give you okay so so that was our conversation with our daughter that now we're left like needing to revisit because it was left that daddy has mental health issues, which she probably didn't understand, and that he goes to meetings to get better. To, to get better. To, to get better. So, but I wonder. I wonder though. Like, so we need to do some work on this area. Do you think she carries it around with her though? Like, or do you no, think she doesn't think about? No, it? No, but I. But but clearly that was something that she was that was on her mind, and and you know. 
I wonder sometimes when she sees families that, you know, where babies are being born, you know, where she sees families that clearly they are together from beginning to present, if she makes a comparison, like, well, my, that, my life didn't look like that. Well, how about her friends who, who like, their parents are in active addiction, you know, yeah. and they have to live with with their parents gone and their parents doing like totally crazy things. So she like, also has another friend where they're saying that the parent is sick. And my daughter's coming to me a lot about that. It's her best friend, one of her best friends saying, "Well, what's well what ex- she really wants, you know, and that was what a bunch of listeners said. When you get to this point that it clearly our daughter's at it's better to just be very direct, honest, and clear. And that's very scary, I think, for Dave. I also think it could be, you know, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if an eight-year-old brain can really digest that. Let me say this. It's like this. Because I've been in recovery for three and a half years, I don't want to say I was on drugs, you know? because but like why? Because I don't want her to have that association with drugs and her daddy when she's eight, when she doesn't really know what she's dealing with. Whereas, you know, and this is not necessarily right, but this is the way I think about it. Whereas if you're, you're an eight-year-old and your parent is using and your parent constantly comes back to the house, constantly fucks it up, constantly right. has to leave again. You're saying because you're, reco- you're sober, it's not, you don't need to have that conversation Yet. as you would if the person's actively going to rehab. Right. constantly leaving, constantly something bad is happening. Like, like a total... Like, mood swings. Mood swings. Right. They're not there for the kid. And it's like, well, why isn't mommy then taking care of me? Then somebody should sit down with that child and say, listen, this is what's going on. At the, I mean, because it's also like an explanation where you know that mommy is not acting well, you know that it hurts, you know that it keeps happening, and if you can associate that with drugs, you know that drugs are bad. Do you know what I'm saying? But you know what? Like, I'm thinking about ever since my daughter was in kindergarten, her elementary school does a drug awareness week right. where she, I, I almost like, like shit myself when she was in kindergarten and got off her bus wearing her big bright red say no to drugs ribbon and I was like oh my gosh you know like they so start early I was like whoa and and then the school's decorated with red ribbons and it's like it's a drug awareness so they are being told I don't know I feel like this is like an uncharted area that it, needs it to is. be like worked on but with this with with me and I'm not saying it's right. I'm saying because I'm stable, because I'm right. a provider, because uh, okay, she got, she wants answers, and she'll get them. I'm just I'm just giving right. this. I'm just laying this out. I don't feel like being like, oh yeah, before you were born, I was I was on drugs. You know what I mean? But or, why? Or, or after you? But were I want to know why. Because I don't want her to judge me. Uh, I, okay. Well, so that's the larger piece there. You're I don't want her to, about judgment. Well, I'm worried about judgment, and I don't want her to think that her family is is less good, or her daddy is less good, or she's less good because she had a drug addict father. You know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of stuff in there. But I don't know how much you can protect her from where she's going to go with this information, and that's that's for her whole life. What I do know is that eight and nine, I feel like it's just a little bit still too young. Whereas I feel like. In the next year or so, it's going to come out. But I feel like she she's getting more sophisticated by the day. You know what I mean? She so so okay. So if you were go, let's hypothetically say that you we are going to have that conversation. Well, we are like tomorrow. We're okay? not right. But let's say that we because I'm actually not sure I agree with you that we shouldn't. Um, what and this is kind of what I was asking the listeners and got some some great feedback. 
What do you think right now you would be comfortable saying if we were going to explain to her the truth? Well, that's the other thing is that I think that the, the This American Life thing might be so big well, that everyone knows. And, and, and I, it's going to okay, be... But let's bring it back to, to the here and now. Um, I would say, I mean, I, I would deal Just give with... give it a shot. I think I would say that... Pretend um, I'm Nora. I don't Should like I go to, get my bunny and piggy? I don't like to do those things. Put my hair in pigtails? I'm, I'm not interested in We're that. We're going to do some role play right now. Uh, maybe later. Um, let's just say... <laughs> let's just say... Just try it. I'm not doing that. No, I don't, I don't mean it. I just, don't want to do your gestalt fucking <laughs> exercise. I'm not doing that. You don't have to pretend it's me, but I want you to just try to explain... Pretend this chair is No, her. but just try to explain right now how you would say age appropriately about what went on with you. I would say... Um, would you say sick? Poison? Like, what do you think about some of these... I would say... No. I, I mean, you know well, how I you, talk. I'm asking... I would say that uh, that I had some serious problems uh, when I was younger, and I wound up doing drugs, and I got addicted to them, and I couldn't stop doing them for many, many years, and my life got really, really bad. Unmanageable. I, I wouldn't... I don't think she would understand unmanageable. Sure. Okay. I would say my life got really, really, really bad. And uh, and I met mommy in the middle of it or close to the end of it. And then we had you. And it took me a few years to finally get off the, the drugs. And I'm embarrassed that that happened. But I'm super happy that I'm sober now and that I'm a good daddy and that I love you more than anything. I would say that. I think that sounds really good. We're not doing it right. tomorrow, though. <laughs> I, I promise you. So when she gets off the bus. <laughs> We're not doing that. Hey, one, and um, you like that. You think that's the way to do it? I mean, I think we we need to process it a bit more because I'm definitely feeling a lot of anxiety too. But I, I I think that part of what Nora knows about you is that you are very blunt and direct, and you just kind of lay things out there, you know. So the that- best, the best, my best parenting moment, and to to Linda, my worst parenting moment was when she got pregnant. Um, Nora was really upset, you know. She was really upset, yeah. and uh, and me and me and Nora, me and Nora are really close, you know. And, you and we'll go for drives, and we'll talk about stuff in ways. That's what I'm saying. You already talked to her. I feel in a very. You've always spoken to her, even when she was little. You don't. You didn't do all the baby shtick. No. So that's why this. But this know. is my. Fa- this is like one of my favorite parenting stories. Okay. So and, and I'll talk to her in a way like when Linda's not around that Linda can't like stop me from talking to her in right. the way that I like which to I talk nor- to her. Which I do have to do a lot. And um, so me and her are driving around and um, and she goes, "Daddy, I don't want to be a sister." And I said, and "I said, <laughs> I said it'll be good." And she said, "What? Do you, why will it be good?" And I said, "Because when me and mommy die, you'll have somebody to talk to." I know. And uh, and she gave me this look. And I started laughing, and I said, right. "I said, when me and mommy die, you're going to have this person right. now, you oh, know, and gosh. that's good." And 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 it didn't. She it worked for her. Oh. She liked it because she and knows. Then she how lost I am. sleep for the next week, <laughs> thinking mommy night. and daddy are are going to die. So okay. we, why don't you read some of the dopey nations? But one of the th- other things I wanted to say that, is that. She knows that Dave was addicted to cigarettes, right? right and right. she knows that Daddy. We talk about it all the time that Daddy has a horrible sweets addiction. Um, that he actively is that he he can't get a handle on. But we know that he got a <laughs> it's handle. It's not that bad. It's really bad. What do you mean? It's let's, we're not getting into that. What do you? It's not really it's bad. Very very severe. What do you mean? And then, but and then the cigarettes, and she knows that her uncle is addicted to cigarettes and can't stop. So I mean, I do think that. We can maybe use. She has a wheelhouse of the, understanding, right? Right. 
Now read some of let's this read, stuff. Let's read. I, I kind of I liked what Laura wrote about what not to say, which I thought was an interesting take. She wrote. Hi, Linda. I'm so glad you, Dave, and your beautiful girls are doing well. It gives me great hope for my 25-year-old son, who is four months clean. He had a shit set of DNA handed to him. His dad was an alcoholic addict who died of a heroin overdose when my son was five years old. It was obviously devastating, and having been through that as a mother, I can definitely tell you what not to say to your child. I honestly didn't know what to say to my son. One day his dad was there, and then he was just gone. Trying to explain an overdose to a five-year-old just seemed incredibly difficult. We as a family opted to tell him that his dad died in his sleep, an extremely bad idea. The poor kid slept with me until he was almost 12 years old because he was terrified I was going to die in my sleep. Another not-to-do is choosing not to have a gravesite. His dad's family never put any sort of memorial where my son could visit anywhere. That could have given him something more tangible than the fact his father was simply no longer with us. He never grieved the loss and always had a tremendous void that he tried his best to fill with drugs. We should have told him the truth as simply as we could from the beginning. Fast forward to today, he's doing well after his time in treatment. The first thing they addressed with him after detox was his unaddressed grief over the loss of his father and his irrational fear of losing me. He understands now that his father was sick and never left him intentionally. I'll forever regret not telling him the truth. It would have made much more sense to him than what we said and very possibly could have changed the course of his life. I hope this has been helpful, and please feel free to share my thoughts if you want to. Thank you both for all you do for the Dopey Nation. I can't express how much this podcast has helped me. Best regards, Laura. And obviously that's an extreme, you know, not an extreme, but that's a when your parent is now gone because of their use, but I'm sure plenty of listeners are have that going on too, where they have to go to rehab or they have to, or they can't be in their child's life for uh, many years in order to get themselves back on track. So I thought that I appreciated, you know, I appreciated that response. I think another thing that I really want to say, because there are, I, I just know this, that there are a ton of listeners who have kids that are using and they, you know, and I know, like, I don't think you're bad parents because you're using your drug addicts. And, and I got very lucky that somehow, you know, I got recovery within the first five years of our daughter's life. And that doesn't happen for everybody. But what I want to say, you know, without sounding sanctimonious or preachy, is that it can. You know, it's like it's possible that you, you get a handle on this thing and, and you get your shit together and you get to be a parent. You get to experience that and you get to be a good parent. It's like it's something that um, I mean, even when I was on drugs, I knew that I was going to be a good parent. Like I just had it in my head that I was going to get there. You know, and that's really what got me off drugs right. was like that I could not live with the idea of not being a, a decent parent, probably because my my parents were incredibly good parents. And the idea of not being that for her was uh, I just it was hard for me to live with. But anybody can can get clean. And I, I mean, like mm-hmm. I, this is not like a big fucking self-help show, whatever. But if you're listening and you have kids and you're like, this is so annoying, just know that you could you could pull it off. You could get it together. Right. You know? Right. Anyway, yeah. read another one. You got another one? Um, there's, there's, there's just so many. Um, so do um do the one from from James Kelly and James Kelly. I don't think uh, I ever shouted out on Dopey, but he's been listening for a long time, and I always love to hear from him. And uh, he seems like a dopey listener who has his shit together. So good for you, James. Love to hear from you. Let's hear it. And I'm 
I know we're running out of time, but Dan actually wrote a really, he actually wrote a blog piece to his kids. All right, well, do it. You want to do Dan's No, but I'm just, I just wanted to just share that, that it was so, it was so good. He actually wanted to like write his thoughts out and he helped explain to his kids, you know, physically what happens. You know, he took the opposite approach and kind of. Are you going to do James? What you're afraid of. I just want to say he actually sits down and explains like the physical effects of addiction, the mental, like he was just full on like honest. I like Dan too. So why don't you do Dan and we'll end on James. All right. So James and James was James. So you're not going to do it. I said you're going to do James. No, but I just, well, this is up right now on my face. James said, hi, hi, Linda. Hope all's well. I'm from the Dopey Nation and seen your post. My favorite memory was when I drove from Philly back home to my folks house in New York and told my mother I was addicted to heroin. She took a big drag of her Winston Red that she's been talking about quitting for years unsuccessfully and said to me, why don't you just stop? I knew then she wouldn't get it, so I just said, okay, Ma, you're right, I'll stop. However, it didn't work. Ha ha. And I I like that because there's so many addicts out there who don't realize they're... They're addicts. It's all the same. So anyway. I I smoked Winston's for a period. It's a a rough cigarette. I like the long drag on her Winston. You ever smoke Winston's? She needed that... That, that nicotine in order to deal with her son's like Heroin crazy addiction. news that he was addicted to drugs. I thought that was funny. Um, okay. Where's Dan's blog? Do you want to hear Dan's, Dan's yeah. blog? I like Dan's because his he kind of gives a concrete it's about kids. piece of what he shared with his kids about his his drinking. So this is part of what Dan Dan wrote a really cool message, but this is part of what he shared. Um, I was talking with my older kids about addiction. I don't want to scare them or go over their heads, but I first started experimenting with cigarettes and alcohol when I was 12, so I feel like it's probably worth having those awkward conversations now before they have to deal with those decisions. I would hate for them to not have all the information when confronted with the choice. So I tried to explain how they... There are two sides to addiction, the physical addiction and the mental addiction. Physical addiction, I explained, was kind of like when you are really hungry, and the hungrier you get, the less you can think about anything but food. And eventually, you feel like you're going to die if you don't eat, except with addiction, you have to power through that, and slowly your body stops needing whatever substance you're addicted to. So I think that's interesting to use the physical piece, because kids can really understand that, you know, what it feels like. Uh huh. Um, and then he said, "I explained mental addiction like you're in a very loud room with people yelling, like yelling all around you, and you feel like you're going to go crazy. The drugs or alcohol make it so you don't hear the noise for a little while, but you need more and more to quiet the noise, and the voices never actually stop." I feel like that explanation only an addict would understand, though. Like if I, if the kids I said are like, that, uh, "Dad, I don't yeah, hear yeah, voices yeah. screaming around me." If I told Nora that, she'd be like, "What are you talking about?" But you could put a spin on that. Right. You could use that yeah. and change it around. It's just funny. Recovery is about learning to find peace, quieting the noise. You can f- you can find healthy ways to tune out the noise. You can't quiet, which is when you could say, like, and I go to a meeting because it helps me to, you know. I exercise. I run around. I cook. I do this. I do that. Whatever. So he said, I'm sure that's a very oversimplified understanding of addiction, but they seem to get it. And honestly, it helps me a lot to think of it that way, too. So I like that. That's great. And yeah. um, and so ends this dopey segment on social, social work. work. The social work dopey segment. If you guys uh, have children and you had to tell them about your drug addiction, you know, please send us a, yeah. an email, dopeypodcast at gmail.com. If you hated the social work segment, send in an email, dopeypodcast at gmail.com. But um, <laughs> let's get back um, to a little dopey. So... Um, 
I'm gonna play this. I got a voicemail. It's longer than I like to play, but I think it's the spirit of Dopey, and it's this guy who's on Twitter. Uh, he calls himself Habitual Felon on Twitter, mm. and um, here he is. What's up, Dopey Nation? Uh, it's Habitual Felon. Holler at me. Dave knows who I am. If you don't know who I am, step your game up and follow me on Twitter. Um, I'll follow you back. So I just wanted to leave a memo um, for some dopey. And, I mean, this isn't extremely dopey. I have some crazy dopey stories, but this one is kind of important to me, and I'd like to share it on your platform if you find it worthy. So uh, me and my good friend at the time uh, were both drug addicts, of course. We're IV heroin and cocaine and crack and whatever else we could get a hold of, users. Um, just just as an aside, I've been clean from heroin and cocaine for 10 years. I still smoke weed, uh, so I don't do the meetings or anything like that. It's just doesn't work for me and this does so that's what i've been doing anybody out there who's getting in a tizzy about that you can go fuck yourself you know i'm not living my life for you and i don't need your approval so i think anybody out there who needs to smoke weed to stop smoking crack or stop shooting dope i say you fucking go for it and you know if that's something that you want to address once you have a few years under your belt of being clean and sober from hard drugs and you want to try and take a break from weed then go for it and that's my rant that's all i'll say on that so um me and my good friend my my best using friend uh was calling wacko uh went to cop some dope some some heroin one day and we had two other addicts with us um who were you know acquaintances and friends but they weren't you know number one ride or die guys like wacko was for me and so i was in the back seat wacko was driving this old shitty explorer and um it was only two doors so you had to climb behind the seats to get in and out and his driver's seat was broken so I was uh, effectively stuck into the vehicle. And, of course, the other two guys were in the passenger front and rear seats. And so we pull into the hood, and, they, you know, there's all these dealers, like, running up. It's kind of an open-air drug market. And, um, you know, they're showing us what they got, and their bags are fattest, and their stamps are the best, and blah, blah, blah. So Mark, as being in the front seat, is my representative. He has my money, which is the last little bit of money in the world that I have, by the way. And um, we're in a cop. You know, I think it was three for 50 at the time. I'm in North Carolina, so prices are a little elevated. But uh, we were going to cop three bags and split them. And he was my representative. And the guys on the, the passenger side of the vehicle were kind of a couple. And, uh, and you know, the guy in the front seat was their representative. So he copped from somebody on his side. And we copped from a completely separate person on, on the driver's side of the vehicle. And um, so after we got our dope, the guy who the passengers cop dope from told us, like, hey, man, you may want to look at those bags. You know, that guy has beat people before, you know, or ripped them off or whatever. And, uh, you know, you may be wanting to get some bags from me once you realize what you got from him. So we checked the bags out, and sure enough, they're fucking empty. Don't ask me why Wacko didn't check that. I mean, I, I was upset with him about that. But, I mean, as soon as we figure it out, and this is kind of why they call him Wacko. He's just a spur-of-the-moment type of guy. He jumps out of the truck once he realizes he's been robbed or beat, and uh, he grabs a pistol. He's got a, a 22 revolver, and he just jumps out, and the guy who sold it to us was walking away. And he says, hey, 
And the guy looks back, realizes that he's on to him and the gig is up, and he keeps walking. So then Mar- er, Wacko holds the gun up, shoots three shots in the air, pow, 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 and the guy starts running. And so Wacko takes off after him with the gun. You know, we're in the middle of the hood, a bunch of white guys, but you know, in a, in a predominantly black neighborhood on the strip surrounded by black guys. And uh, this is what's going on. You know, I got my my best friends out running around with a pistol uh, trying to chase down a dope dealer who just robbed us. And so I'm trying to get out, but but the driver's seat is broken. So I cannot get out from the back seat without going through the passenger side door, which has two addicts who actually got dope and they're just, you know, they're not bothered at all. So they're not trying to let me out even a little bit. And uh, so I end up having to like climb over um, the front driver's seat into that front seat and get out. And I run around the corner to try and find Wacko because he is out of sight at this point. I haven't heard any more gunshots, but I can hear yelling because they're only a block away. So I get up and I get around the corner and he's got the guy on the ground with like the gun right up to his chest, you know, and he's like checking his pockets. Yeah, and I mean, this guy's probably 145 pounds, uh, my, my friend, and, you know, I mean, the the other guy's probably 180, 190. I mean, he's a stout dude, but that gun really equalized it, so he was, he was willing to comply. Mark put his hand, wacko, it doesn't matter, you can leave it in. He put his hand in, in the guy's pocket and took our money back and left him on the ground and we just kind of walked away keep with we kept turning back to make sure he wasn't coming after us so we go back and cop uh from the guy who sold legit dope the first time and so all four of us addicts are together now and everything's good right with the world we're all about to use we're sitting in the back seat and we're fixing we're fixing our our shit up you know we're all iv users so i'm i'm mixing up in a water bottle and I have the full water bottle between my legs, like with my knees holding it. But because I'm mixing up in the water bottle cap, there's no cap on it. And I have the cap, the small syringe cap, the part that goes over the needle tip in my mouth as I'm just kind of performing my ritual of mixing it up. Something happens. I don't know if we were driving and we hit a bump. I don't know if I sneezed. I don't know if it's just uh, my nervous system was fucked up. But either either way, something happened and my legs twitch and it squeezes the open bottle and it's almost full of water. So it shoots water into my face and I recoil back. And, and when I do, I accidentally suck the needle cap into my airway and it just fits in there somehow perfectly and blocks it completely airtight seal so i mean i'm in the back seat dying they didn't even notice at first because i couldn't make a sound i was just (coughs) and so eventually i start clapping my hands to get their attention and the guy in the back seat just reaches over when he sees what's going on and smacks me in the back as hard as he can and when he does the needle cap shoots out and into the front seat and i just big breath of air and um, you know he basically saved my life that day and his name was Davey uh, and you can leave that in also but anyway so Davey saved my life that day and we, we all got high and everything was good and that's the end of that of that story really um, but the kind of interesting part is that Davey uh, at the time had a fiance of 13 years they've been together for 13 years and engaged for like 4 or 5 and they were both addicts and um, uh, maybe a year later Davey died due to um, heart 
issues related to his addiction that he just couldn't shake. I mean, he had a pacemaker in his heart, and whenever we would smoke crack together, his heart would beat so fast that you could literally hear the pacemaker. And he would joke that whenever his heart slowed down enough that you couldn't hear the pacemaker anymore, it was time for him to take another hit. But, I mean, that's just the kind of guy he was. But he was just a great guy, ultimately, and and so was his um, fiance. And he passed away, and maybe a year after he passed away, I began to develop a relationship with his fiance. And um, we ended up hooking up, and uh, we got clean together, believe it or not. And so we've both been over 10 years clean and sober from hard drugs and um it's worked out beautifully we have three kids and uh you know we're just a normal family at this point well not normal but from the outside looking in we would appear normal and um yeah it was uh i, I just found it to be a bit kismet you know it seems like kismet energy that that uh the guy who saved my life I ended up with his fiance, and she ended up saving my life as well, which, I mean, if you ask her, she would probably tell you that I saved her. So it was a mutual thing. But I just thought that that was a kind of cool thing that I would like to, to leave on Dopey. I'll definitely call back and leave some more crazy dopey shit. I mean, I've got stories of being fucked up on Xanaxes and, and sleeping with prostitutes and losing my wallet in their home and walking home in my underwear and coming back and breaking into the trap house to get my shit back. So I'll definitely call with some more gritty shit, but that is my favorite um, dopey story so far because it was um, it was a fateful day and I just, I really think that some things are meant to be. And uh, if he hadn't saved me then, then, you know, obviously my life wouldn't be what it is. And I'm sure hers wouldn't be what it is. And just that little pivotal point changes everything, that ripple effect. I thought it was cool, and I'd like to share it with you guys. Davey, if you're up there watching, just know I'm taking good care of her, brother. And uh, I appreciate it. And Chris, while we're talking to people in in the heavens, Chris, shout out, buddy. Um, We all fuck up, man. I, I believe, personally... That your presence is still with us. I believe that you're still um, watching and and monitoring what Dave does to make sure he doesn't fuck up Dopey. And I got to tell you, man, so far he has not. He's doing a great job, and I'm really enjoying it. And I'm so glad that it's carrying on. And uh, I'm really, really surprised at how interactive the community is. And I look forward to getting to know all of you guys more. So hit me up on Twitter, at Habitual Felon. Dave will retweet me. If he doesn't, I'll stop listening. Shout out to Hot Wheels. Stay strong, Dopey Nation. Toodles. What an amazing voice. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm such a fucking dick where I'm like, don't make it longer than six no, minutes. I'm like over here like... Crying. Crying. It was just beyond. Well, he opened it. You missed the beginning where he said, you know, how uh, he stopped smoking crack and shooting dope, but he still smokes weed. And fuck you if you want to tell him not to because he he's like, he's got right. his shit together. And what an amazing dopey story, especially after our ridiculous social work segment. Thank, <laughs> thank God. Habitual felon. Habitual felon. How did you tell your kids? Yeah. How did you tell your kids? And, Let me know. Um, and fucking uh, thank you for everything you do on Twitter. I'm actually sending you. He gets a hat today, which he paid for, by right. the way. And also, habitual felon is often. Uh, I think he's in North or South Carolina, uh, putting up stickers on behalf of of Dopey. Yeah. So more he's power also to you. A beautiful storyteller. It's a great story. Yeah. Fucking and great. a great story. Great story. Um, 
So Linda wants to stop recording, but then we got stuff to do. Well, it's because there's a baby that's about to wake up from a nap. No. And, and Dave is so dedicated to the podcast, and she's mind you, she's eight months. He goes, Well, can't you just like put on a movie for her? It's like she's eight months. We got a little bit of time Holy to go, cow. and we're gonna finish. You, oh, yeah. you finish what you start. Now, my good friend and and dopey pseudo producer, Sam, is very sick. I don't know if you know this. He got pneumonia. Oh. He was like near death. I thought you meant he's would you call chris severe mental uh, smi i thought you meant sam as smi the fans loved smi and maybe we should bring it back i like smi severe mental illness i love it too it's very funny um sam is possibly severe mental illness but he's incredibly committed to dopey and sam has always loved the stash word and he wanted me to play the stash word with you do you know what the stash word is i don't know what the stash all right hold on for one second that's how it shows, shows, thank God that Linda doesn't listen to too much Dopey. Thank God. Hold on. <laughs> Let's see if Siri can help me. Siri, Siri, time one minute. It's nice of you to ask. Now, can I help you with something? Set a minute timer. Fucking Siri is so fucking stupid. She's so annoying. I don't think she does that kind of Siri, thing. Siri, set a minute timer. Siri. Siri doesn't do that. Fucking Siri. Siri, help me. Help me, Siri. All right, fuck Siri. I love Siri. We did whole episodes where Siri timed a lot of stuff. All right, the stash word is a game. What are you texting I have a, no, there's a t- I have a timer on my phone. I have it too. All right, okay. well then leave Siri alone. All right, stash word is a game okay. where I ask you questions that are drug-related and you answer. You have one minute and we'll see how far into it you can get. You ready? Uh, okay. These are Sam's questions for the stash word. A collection of pus in body tissue at the skin surface. Abscess. Yes. Getting high from inhaling household items. Huffing. When high, it's the perception of someone or something being there that is not. Hallucinating. Crack cocaine is classified as what kind of drug? Stimulant. Try again. Sure it is, but we'll pass on that. I, don't, I never like that one. Okay. This type of flower has gray... Opiate. Uh, opium. Yes. Opium what? O- uh, a poppy. Yes. The main chemical in cannabis that causes... THC. Yes. These are easy. An LSD experience is called a... Trip. This chemical is known as poppers. Bar- bar- Gay people took them. Oh, the ma- uh, meth? No. You put it up your nose. Oh, I thought you meant we could... Put it up your no. Oh, oh, oh. You don't know. Say pass. Pass. The full name of the synthetic, highly addictive drug that is similar to cocaine. We're done. You're done. You did okay. The the one you missed, everyone misses, is amyl nitrate. Disco oh, drug. Oh, poppers. Yeah. You would have loved those drugs. That would have. I could have seen Linda back in the day in the club in her little sleeveless dress with putting it up my nose. Yeah, you like putting stuff. What up was your the nose. last question? Well, the, you missed three. But what was four. it? A cylinder that uses water through which smoke is drawn and cooled. A bong. Correct. A type of depressant prescribed to relieve anxiety and or panic attacks. Does it Xanax? Benzodiazepines. That's not a depressant. Okay. Chronic consumption of alcohol can cause this sometimes fatal disease of the liver. Uh, Cirrhosis? Correct. Oh, good. You did very well. Those were very easy. Yeah. Well, listen, that was for Sam because he's sick. So, like, thank you, Sam. Sam, get a hobby. 
Well, get, get Harvey. <laughs> get, don't be a Sam's Harvey. Thank God. And um, Sam is incredibly... I actually really appreciated those questions because I sounded very... I knew the answer. So well, thank you, you are, Sam. You were a fucking drug counselor yeah, is, for years. If I you don't go, know those questions... I did questions, go to school for many years for this area. Yeah. Except None. for Poppers. Oh, man, I didn't know that. Like You never saw the Studio 54 movie or anything? I don't remember. All right. Now, this is another piece that I need you for. The other day at work... Uh, we had a, a surprise visitor, and she recorded a little message for Dopey. Hi, my name is Kara Radzula, formerly of the Real Housewives of New York City, and I'm listening to Dopey. And I just had the experience of microdosing in Aspen. Was it fabulous? I mean, I'd never obviously done anything like that, so it was mind opening. There you go. Thank you. And now you're a real housewife of Suffolk County. So what do you think of that? <laughs> I liked Carol. I thought she was my favorite housewife. She said that she would consider coming on the show, but she isn't a drug addict, and she she only microdosed an aspirin. Yeah, right? I don't I don't know what how she would add to the show, but I do like Carol's. So that's cool. What do you guys think, Dopey Nation? Do we have the real housewife of uh, New York City, Carol? What's her face? She actually married a Kennedy relative. She's a multimillionaire. She was a news reporter. She was very nice, nice lady. Terrible tipper though. Really? Yeah, she tipped three bucks on seventeen. God bless you, Carol. I shouldn't say that on the show, maybe, but well, she's not gonna, definitely not going to come on now. She's not going to listen. That's Carol, true. can't you do better than three bucks on seventeen? <laughs> Give me a break. And I also made her something special. She comes in, she asks for scrambled eggs with salad. That's odd. In the middle of the day, right? She was going to train. She was going to the gym. Yeah, and she needed the protein. Okay. For her. Anyway, three bucks on seventeen. Come on, no. <laughs> Sam's going to listen. He's going to be like, you shouldn't have said how much Carol tipped. Nah. All right. Now I want to talk about Magnolia Cupcakes. Magnolia Cupcakes. What I can't you? believe you have Magnolia Cupcakes written on your notepad. It's the bottom of it. Okay. Well, let's, let's. We got two more things. We got Magnolia Cupcakes and we got a Christmas Carol. Which would you prefer to talk about first? I don't know. I know the Christmas Carol. I don't know what Magnolia Cupcakes is. I just want to say this. Magnolia Cupcakes is a cupcake chain that started in the West Village years ago. And on one of our first dates, Linda and I, Linda was like, oh, I heard Magnolia Cupcakes is really special. Let's go and get a cupcake. And I was like, okay. And we went over there, and in my memory, it was really good, you know, whatever. Yeah. Fast forward to now, you know, I, I occasionally on my way home at Penn Station, there's a Magnolia Cupcakes, and I'll mm-hmm. buy cupcakes and I'll bring them home. Every time I bring the cupcakes home, they're not good. Like, they have this reputation of being this major fucking perfect cupcake. Well, I think it's because the, the Magnolia Cupcake you go to is in, 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 like, slimy Penn Station. I think that... I bet if you went to the original spot down in the village, they would still be stellar. I'm saying this. The buttercream... Then why do you keep buying them? Because I know you like them. No, me? Yes. Or is it because... How many did you eat last night? One and a half. How many did you eat? One and a half. Okay. Anyway, this is what I want to say. The buttercream icing, it's like too buttery and not sweet enough. And the chocolate isn't even chocolatey. Right. It's bullshit. What is the, what, where is the story going? This is where it's going. I'm so let's t- go to the next subject. I'm not done. If Magnolia Cupcake would just make a golden cupcake with a nice, rich, dark- Mine actually, mine was perfectly wonderful. I had the vanilla cake with the vanilla buttercream icing, and it was delicious. You thought it was good? Mm-hmm. 
You thought it lived up to its reputation. And Nora really enjoyed her red velvet. That's not true. She left half of it in the morning. She said, it wasn't even good, Daddy. And I said, you're right. And you know what she said? Because she's the apple of my eye. She said, you know what's good? I said, tell me. (laughs) She said, the brownies were perfect. And I said, you're right. So the magnolia, I said, said, you know what, Nora? From now on, I'm only buying the brownies. And I also said, the chocolate chip cookies look pretty fucking good. And she was like, you're right. This is, this is, right? (laughs) What? And and you don't, you want to talk about this subject and you're like drooling because you have a problem. No, the thing that that really. When we don't have dessert, this is, this is, (laughs) this is the real demented thing. There was one night I was putting the baby to bed. (laughs) It was like midnight and the baby woke up, needed a bottle. And I see Dave pulling out of the driveway. It was like one in the morning. It was 11. It was midnight. It was 11. And I'm like, so I get 10. So I get on my phone. I go, where are you going? Because then I'm having like trust issues. I'm like, why is he leaving in the middle of the night? Where's he going? And he really was going to get his drug. I'm like, where are you going? He goes, Cookies. <laughs> I just texted cookies. cookies. So in the morning, I'm like, "What was up with that?" He goes, "Oh, I, I went to Seven Eleven and bought those nasty, like you know, those, those like a big cookie that's like in a plastic bag." No, Seven Eleven. No. I'm glad you brought this. He up. went and bought two of them, and then I think you did it like two more two days later. I'm, I'm going to be honest here. I'm going to be totally oh. transparent. I have, to, I have to say a couple things. First of all, uh, but when, that, there's a problem well, there. That you couldn't just go to bed, like you know, just just just. Cold at night. Before we get know? to the problem, there's a lot to talk. There's a lot to unpack here, as they say. What? Well, I, the baby is going to wake up. Listen, and now is, there's a lot. Was not. This a lot is to probably discuss. the best part of the episode. So let's just bear with me. <laughs> okay. First of all, oh. the first thing is that Seven Eleven they don't make big cookies. They make a pack. Of two oh, cookies okay. in the pack. and But what brand? Is it 7-Eleven yes. brand? I think that's weird. 7-Eleven brand. And I have to say that 7-Eleven's chocolate chip cookies aren't bad. You, get, Do you know who has the best chocolate chip cookies? Yeah. Subway. Oh, they're amazing. They're like, they're... But Subway's not open at, at 11 o'clock at night. Right, okay. 7-Eleven That's because is. most people don't need to eat sweets at that hour. Let me continue. The next time I went out, and there's a couple things to say. Mm-hmm. When you texted me... I got this first thing I got was this panic, like, or I had this thought that I could be out doing the wrong thing. I could be out. You were, it was sneaky. I could be, well, you were in bed. I could be copping dope. I was even thinking I could be like buying a pack of cigarettes and smoking. Mm-hmm. But in reality, I did wonder though, because the windows were down. Well, so I was wondering if you did smoke. Though. No, I haven't smoked since okay. that day. I haven't had a cigarette. I don't I know. I don't trust you now after this late night. I, 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 you, can tr- you can trust that when I go out <laughs> at late night, I'm going to get cookies. But this is even better for you because you're going to think this is fucking hysterical. Okay. The second time I go out, I go to 7 Eleven to buy my. I go to the 7 Eleven on, mm-hmm. on uh, Main Street to yeah. buy my cookies. They don't have any cookies. Uh oh. I said. I said, why don't you have any cookies? Are you getting mad? Yeah. I said, what is this? I said, I said, and they never have them. I said, what is this? They said, I'm sorry, we don't have any cookies. I said, I said, this is, I said, this is bullshit. You know, and I leave. And I drive to the 7-Eleven. <laughs> oh, uh, on Sunrise Highway? Yeah, I drive to the 7-Eleven down there. Which is quite a little bit of a drive. And they don't have the cookies either. Oh, no. But what they, Don't tell me you drove to Bayport no, after that. What they have, and I don't know if you've ever heard of this, they have something that they call a super brookie. Have you seen these? No. A super brookie for $2. It's a brownie and, cookie? For $2.19, oh. it's like 
this big and it's half cookie, half brownie. And I was like, oh. I'll take the brookie. <laughs> and I bought, and I was going to take a picture because I wanted to talk about it on Dopey, but I didn't. But the 7 Eleven Super Brookie. This is a shout out for the brookie. $2.20. Maybe if you ever need to be anonymous on one of the, on a show, like when people call in and give their, their, their names, yeah. you can be the brookie. What do you mean? Like, you know when people, like, you read stuff and they don't want to give their name, so they're whoosh, whooshed, what's it called? Wooshta. Wooshta. Yeah. You can be the brookie. I'll say I'm the brookie. Yeah, when you want to be anonymous on something, you'll just be the, you'll be the brookie. I just say I'm Dave, but this okay. brookie, holy shit. Okay. It's a very special treat, so... That's that's that. Right. Um, now the Christmas story. Okay. You tell the Christmas story. I'm not. T- I don't even. I think we need to just call it, call it an episode. That was great. No, no, no. The the Christmas story. You hear her, Dave. She's not awake, and we have we have a little bit of time to go, and it's going to be the fucking Christmas story. All right. So every year that I've known Linda, we go to her mom's friend's house. To have Christmas. And I've always found it peculiar because, like, it's just like, it's also like her mom's friend is like one of the sweetest people yes. in the world. And, and she, like, invites. But they all wear, everybody wears Christmas sweaters. It's very, they're very religious. It's very goy. Like lots like, of crock pots and. Very rich, heavy American food. But all the, kinds of dips. But the weird piece is that it's like a collection of weirdos. Misfits. And, yeah, and we're just as weird as anybody else. Sure. But it's a collection. We fit right in. We're just far more attractive than them. It's just a collection of weirdos. I'm just kidding, by the way. Of, of uh, that nobody has families and they're all getting together and every. Every year, for me, it's like I forget who they are every year, and every year I need to like relearn their names and whatever. Uh-huh. And um, and I'm going to say this, and Linda might make me erase it, but before I got clean, the first time we went to to this Christmas party, I rummaged through their medicine no, chest, I, yeah, you stole, and I stole pills, and I got high as shit at their Christmas party, and I was like, "This is the best Christmas party I ever you had, went like, to." The best time. And then we went home, and I nodded out and, and passed out. Yeah. And um, and then the first year I went when I was clean, I opened up the medicine chest again just to see if she still had pills, and she did. But it wasn't I didn't the medicine any. chest. It what was the cabinet. The cabinet. Medicine cabinet. She didn't have like some giant chest full of drugs <laughs> in the back room. No, it was a medicine cabinet. Anyway, so this year there was some dude at the thing, and he's just talking a blue streak about this or that. And I like fancy socks. I just do. Every year I buy Linda's family. I buy every person in Linda's family. Fancy socks yeah. for years, and they don't like them. Her brother likes them, and Linda likes them. Well, you got mad this year that no one ever buys you socks. No one ever buys me socks. Can't have anyone right. take a hint? But you can't. You can't buy people presents and then get mad that you're not getting. For years, I buy yeah. these fancy socks. Can't one year, and then we're going through the fucking stockings, and my dad gets this pair of like. Fucking beautiful Gumby and Pokey socks. And the year before, I had given the same pair to your your brother, and I thought your brother had regifted. Did he regift? No, and uh, but I was certain he had. It turns out your mother had given my dad the <laughs> socks, and when I saw them, I just took them. You know. Yes. I stole my dad's socks and I put them on because I don't think I was wearing socks. And I love them. I love Gumby Pokey socks. And we went to the Christmas party, and I'm wearing this Gumby and Pokey socks, and uh, and I'm sitting on the couch, and this guy goes, "What's that on your sock?" And I said, "Oh, it's Gumby." And then he pokes me in the belly and says, "Pokey." <laughs> 
And I was like, what the fuck happened? And and like Linda didn't know that this happened. No. And like the whole, you know, my dad actually went to Christmas that year and my dad was like the hit of the party. Yeah. And they play that uh white elephant, white elephant game. game. And uh and, and I always am just you know, I'm very anxious to leave. I've right. eaten a ton of food. I'm always tired. It's mm-hmm. a long day. And we're driving home, and we're talking about everybody at the party. And I tell Linda this story. You remember? Yes. And and she just freaked out <laughs> because she couldn't imagine how I didn't tell her the story. Well, you were telling, you told us the story very casually, like there was nothing <laughs> weird about that. And I said, wait, this man poked you in the belly and yelled pokey at you? Yes. And you were like, yes, he did. Like, I think you were in such shock at the part, you know, it's such a strange event to begin with. So you just, it almost probably seemed normal. In the context of the weirdness, definitely. But Every anything can happen. It there. was it, that's 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 not that's not normal. Well, I don't know if that's uh, a, a good dopey story to end on, but I think it'll Pokey. be. I think it'll be a good story to end on. Actually, I'm going to do one more thing. I want you to read this. Okay, hold on, hold on, time out. All right, before we go, I just want Linda to read the dopey review of the week. Okay. Should I say who it's from? Yeah, read the whole From thing. Hip Unicorn. What does it say? Uh, brilliant, best recovery podcast, five stars. Keep up the great work, Dave. Really enjoyed this week's episode with Ashley Hamilton. He has such a warm enthusiasm. You guys were great together. Nice job on that podcast research. I was impressed. Hi to Alan. I'm listening to EP episode, episode 108, Need a Chris Fix. I used to listen to Home it's a podcast. Oh, all the time, but they quit, and I couldn't find a podcast that was as edgy and vibrant. Finally, I like how you have a loose structure. Toodles, stay strong, dopey nation. Here, read this one, too. Still love this podcast, even without Chris. Five stars, Mrs. Doe. Dave, keep up the great work and stop reading the bad reviews. You're so funny. Don't be so hard on yourself. LOL, sorry. Toodles. And I really like this week's podcast with Ashley. Good format this this an interview than voicemail, email, and you. And now read this one. Oh, critical. Yeah, there's a lot of critical ones. We should read those, too. I, I, I always like it. I'm so out. One. one star. Just listened to my last episode. The decline started with Teen Mom. This, my, this is my favorite one. This is my favorite one. Geo, one, two, three, exclamation point. Worst recovery, in quotes, podcast ever. If you want to relapse, then tune into this garbage. <laughs> Time to fold a dude. Game over. Oh, I don't... This is sad. These guys have been depressing lately. One star. This is my favorite one star this review. Was, this was a while ago. Yeah, this is my favorite one but star review. That was review. from 2017. Yeah, read this one. Oh, this is from 2017. Not funny. Elisa. I love to listen to stories of addiction and recovery. It doesn't take a lot to entertain me, and I still found this podcast to be utter dog shit. <laughs> <laughs> the guys have no real interesting personalities, and the guests are guys and girls in meetings that you can't stand listening to hear them sh- listening to them share. It's like being in a really bad meeting with no timer. Ten crazy people in a coffee pot are more like a day room at a rehab. All right. Well, thank you, All guys. All right. Thanks, Elisa. Um, please keep sending in the nice reviews. And, and the bad ones. They're, I think they're fun, too. No. I, 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 bad reviews are Dave not can't good. can't handle no, it. No, I can't handle it. He gets it. too upset. It gets me really but upset. But I think you should send them in anyway. We're bi- no, don't. Okay. You're gonna have to live with it. That's true. Don't send them in. Um, good only. Just send the good ones. And the Dopey Street Team. I'm gonna do my best to send out a shitload of stickers. It's gonna cost me a fortune of money. And uh, hats are en route. This American Life this weekend. Yay. Um, 
Linda, thank you so much for thank doing you. another episode. And thanks for everything people have sent me. And send more because I think we should revisit this again, this topic. I think you guys should write an in email. My so, in my social work minute. I, well, it's like social work half hour, I think, or 40 minutes. But I think you should really, I think you guys should write in an email about how Linda needs to sit closer to the mic. Because, like, she, like, doesn't want to sit close to the mic. Why not? I don't want to be too loud and annoying. Oh, that's really your best when you're loud and annoying. Okay. Anyway, so um, stay strong, Dopey Nation, and fucking uh, toodles for Chris, who we miss. What's up, Dave and Chris? My name's Jake. I'm 25 years old from West Virginia. I just found Dopey about two weeks ago, and it's my favorite podcast of all time. Y'all are hilarious and... It's just gotten me through some really hard times, and though I'm not clean myself, you know, it gives me a lot of hope for the future. Um, I really like Dave's song, and I'm going to do a little cover of it here on my banjo. Hope y'all don't mind too much. I wrote a uh, third verse myself. Sorry about the poor quality. It's just on my phone. uh, Sorry about the banjo. Things hard to keep in tune. sit through the uh, big inbox emails feel free to play a clip on the show if you want I, if not I know it kind of sucks alright I uh, really appreciate it thanks y'all